further ado, welcome back to the podcasts. What are we? We are uh, season four. This is episode three. We're in the book of Amos, and Amos is calling out um, hypocrisy and oppression in Israel, as well as pointing forward to a day of judgment and mercy uh, on the cross. And really, what Peter has. Uh, challenged us with through readings and just you know straight out challenging us in the in the podcast to open up the week is to examine ourselves you know, we, we are as americans uh but i don't think it's specific to americans you know we are wealthy even even if we're not wealthy compared to our neighbors uh we are wealthy compared to the vast majority of the world so that's that's the uh tension that American Christians tend to live in a lot is um, there, there's a lot to be said in the Bible about the poor and how God views the poor. And uh, it raises questions when you live in a, a uh, economically blessed country. So um, with that said, uh, thank you, Hannah Chernis and Tyreen Martinson for joining us again. And uh, what I'll do is is let's just start with kind of general reflections and uh, thoughts, you know, as you yeah. as you read and, and prayed and thought this uh, this week. So who wants to start? Anyone? <laughs> I can you start. Um, and I did not just read all of the week's readings this morning, but they are all in fresh in my mind. Uh, yeah, I think like recently I've kind of been like thinking about generosity, like in general, like from the Bible's perspective, even before um, going through the book of Amos. And um, yeah, I think just like what stuck out to me is um, just how many times it's like reiterated throughout the Bible, like how much like God wants us to like freely give and um, just like thinking about what that looks like too. Um, like our money is not our own. It's like all we have is from God. And um, just the idea that we um, we didn't do anything to earn like the money that we have. I mean, even if you like have a job and you earned your money, you didn't do anything to like get the opportunities to get that job. Like that was all like um, by God, like everything we have is from God. And so uh, we don't have a right to like, do whatever we want with our money in a way um and so just like we're blessed to bless others um it's just kind of the theme that just kept coming back to me yeah I, i'm gonna echo that because that's what i saw over and over again is that we are blessed to bless us bless others our what we have is is really not ours um it's god's and um I don't know. <laughs> I think there's a, there's that saying that gets thrown around, you know, you can't take it with you. And I don't know why that I didn't realize that was like actually a, a scriptural thing, but it is, and I'm going to forget which passage that is, but it, it, one of them said something along the lines of, um, oh, we brought nothing into this world and we cannot take anything out of it. Yeah. And, um, and that was from, uh, well, I really didn't write this in my journal very well. First Timothy six and somewhere between the verses of six and ten. Anyway, <laughs> so um, but yeah, we we really yeah, we don't I, I think it's very easy for us to say it's mine, I bought it, I earned it, or you know, or those kind of things. But like Pastor Peter pointed out in the podcast on Monday, that like we were this is random chance that we were born into America, into the situations that we're born into. Um, any of us could have been born into a home where literacy was not expected or wanted or like opportunities were just not there for us. And so, um, yeah, knowing how random that is and thinking about that really kind of, and, and reading these scriptures really makes me think about the fact that, again, not that I, Nothing I have is mine, not really. Yeah, and, and I mean, ultimately, um, ultimately, 
everything is Lord's. I mean, he's the creator mm -hmm. and Lord of the universe. And so uh, I don't think there's any, um, you know, ultimate argument with that. But as you know, I, I like to challenge people in this, in, in this uh, thing. So, or in this podcast. So I heard from both of you that kind of this concept, and I apologize if I if I misquote, so correct me if I'm not summarizing correctly, but uh, this kind of idea that you don't really earn uh, what you have and because God gives it to you. And it's the idea that you that it's not really yours, what you have. Mm -hmm. And while uh, on a on a cosmic level, I get that it's not really yours. But if God gives it to you, is it not yours? That's that's a good question. <laughs> and how could God say store up treasures in heaven if you can't earn it? Hmm. And how could the wages of sin be death if you don't earn what you have? Well, now, wages, like storing up for yourselves treasures in heaven, I think is different than like the money that we have here that like I. So you can earn things beside you. The only thing you can't earn is money yeah <laughs> well that's so i'm and i'm not being i'm not being like uh or trying to be glib i guess but but i do want to i do want to dig into that idea because it's a really easy broad brush to go to and you can't earn anything and, and nothing i have is mine which is again ultimately true but then ultimately we do get into a free will conversation if we go too far down that road. So, so let's back back into that a little bit and I guess maybe unpack it. So is it true that this, you know, what I have is not mine? Yes and no. So what does that mean? I mean, like what we have is ours technically, but we're called to like be good stewards of our money and like use it like, like acknowledge that it did that we it did not like it's we have it because God allowed us to have what well, whatever we have and so with that like we're I mean and it's we're free like in a sense we're free to do kind of whatever we want with our money but we are called to be good stewards of that and to um remember like God can take all of our money like away like in an instant if he wants to and like that that's just possible and like we'd be fools to think that like our money like that we're no matter how secure like our investments are and our monies and uh, like every, the way that we spend our money is like God could still get rid of it all in a day and so um just like remembering that and like we're called to use it a certain way so more of a don't hold on to it too tightly yeah 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 how about you Tyree yeah. I <laughs> yeah i was thinking about the whole earning and and keep and hours that that concept you're right at a cosmic level i think it's easier to talk about on those those big broad terms but i mean i know you know and this is going to sound silly i've had this mug for 15 years it's mine you know i mean like <laughs> but uh, like hannah was talking about being a good steward you know if i if i have something from wherever, whether I earned the money and bought it or I have it in my house for some reason, somebody else gave it to me. Um, it, everything is a blessing from God. And how I use that is that's partly how I acknowledge that it's not, that it's God's more than mine, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, it, but it, I mean, it's, I'm not going to say that's easy because it's challenging. Um, I have a lot of books that I really like and <laughs> I have a hard time lending them to people because I'm like, I don't want them to, you know, do right. something to it that I would do. I want to get it back. But <laughs> then I'm like, well, how, you know, is that really being a good steward of what God's given me? Um, and stewardship's an interesting concept because um, it kind of gets to those things like our house is old we've done some remodels I can look to the right and see something that still needs to be done I can look to the left and still see something that needs to be done in my house but doing that in a cost-effective way that is good stewardship so I can continue so we can continue to give and bless others with what we have that's that's there's always that tension of, of how do we how are we good stewards how do we remember that God has given us everything we have. Um, 
Sorry, I kind of went around there. No, no, that's good. I was trying to think of how to how to phrase this, but but so we've got a we've got some real unspoken tension, right, in this concept. And uh, there's a few things I wrote down while you were talking, but uh, I probably will get to eventually in in this call. But um, we've got this idea that everything is God, and that what I have, uh, you know. God's either blessed me directly with or indirectly with, mm -hmm. right? Um, and uh, from from the book of Joel, also the bad things, mm. right? So, right, last, last week we were talking about, oh, God has blessed me with all these trials and pain. Now we're saying, oh, God has blessed me, and, and what do we do with it? Now we're talking about, oh, God has blessed me with all this wealth and, and prosperity. What do I do with it? Uh, and so, but ultimately, it, it it is God, Lord of the universe, who who bestows these things upon us. Okay. And the the difficulty is when in either in either instance is when we remove God from the equation. It's like this is all me, right? This is mm -hmm. okay. When and I guess maybe I'll just go directly to the to the end of what I was thinking. But when do do we cross the line in saying that wealth is a bad thing or do we cross that line one of the things that peter said in his podcast and 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 there there's i think i knew what he meant um but what he said and i think a lot of people believe this is he talked about injustice and then he talked about the inequity in the world and there absolutely is nobody argues that, that there is not inequity in the world the problem though is that based on what we just said, God created that inequity. Mm. So are we saying that God is the source of injustice? If we define inequity as injustice, and then we say that everything we have or don't have is because that's how God, that's where I was born, and it's not because of what I do, it's what God does, then God specifically ordered inequity into this world. It's a good question. Um the verse that comes to my mind kind of relating to that is like in the deuteronomy chapter 15 passage it's yeah. something like like god says that there need not be poor people among you um and he like calls us to like you know the people who have wealth i mean there's like because there will be people who have more wealth than others to help out the people who don't have as much wealth um but then later he also acknowledges that there will always be poor people among you which is interesting um so I think yeah, like I read that too. That was that was like, wait a second, didn't you just say? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess like um I mean, you could you could argue that, you know, God's not fair and like letting there be this inequality. Um maybe you could say like God's giving us an opportunity to um be able to not make that inequality um a struggle um to help out each other and I don't know. Well, let me let me ask more specifically. Do you believe that God blesses some people with wealth? Disproportionate wealth. I don't want to say yes, but I have I'm gonna I'm gonna put a little like <laughs> tag on that a little bit. I, I'm gonna say yes, but um yes to some extent, but I don't know at some point if wealth continues to be a blessing. Now I know. Oh, I know this is absolutely. So, but yeah, loaded, quite really loaded weird. word is blessing, right? But yeah, yeah because that's a good point. It's honestly, there are people that they don't really know, you know, that that old state, that American statement that someone doesn't know the value of hard work or they don't know the value of a dollar. Um, I, I have met people like that and it's, a, it's, it's interesting because they, they really don't know that, you know, more expensive gas prices actually hurt people or that, you know, having to pay more for something at the grocery store is actually hurting someone. It's, they don't, they don't have a concept of, um, of not having wealth. And so, it, and, and also at that level, sometimes um, they don't, I don't know if they experience the need to cry out to God at all. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I know the scale is, is like we're already in the top one percent in America, 
So I'm talking about the, <laughs> I don't know what that is, like the 10th of the 1% that are way up there. I, I don't know if they get it, but at the same time, maybe I don't get it either because there are people in the world who live in a hut with 12 other people and that's, and they're, they feel blessed because their family's with them. So I, I don't know. Um, I feel like. Well, and, and, and we like to point out in this country, we like to point out the top half a percent or whatever it is. Yeah. Well, why do you think we do that? I don't know. Because otherwise we'd have to point at ourselves. Yeah. While the rest of the world is pointing at us. Yeah. <laughs> and why do they do that? So they don't have to point at themselves. I mean, people are people. Yeah. I guarantee you there's, there's somebody in a, in, a, in a dirt floor hut that somebody else is pointing at. <laughs> yeah. And going, you are so wealthy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, it, it's a, I feel like wealth is such a slippery thing it's it's a slippery concept because what does it really mean to be wealthy um and and it's slippery because it's so easy to point one way or the other and say you know oh i wish i had this or i'm so glad i have what i have and you know i mean like it's just a bizarre thing sorry that was a very i and i don't think that's necessarily let's put it this way i don't know if that's how god wants us to view wealth yeah and I feel like there's the common phrase, more money, more problems. But I think a better phrase is more money, more responsibility. Yeah. Like, wealth isn't like inherently bad, but it's just like how we use it. And we just have such a tendency to use it wrongly and selfishly. Yeah. Right. Which comes back to the, um, I think it was Hannah um, earlier, but it was, it was the, it, it was the verses on, is it First Timothy? Is that the contentment uh, and and the love of money? Um, I think it's uh, yeah, that's the contentment for we brought nothing into this world and we cannot take anything out of it. And then in that one also is the you know for the love, love of money, money is is a root of all kinds of evils, um, and, it, and it hits contentment over and over again. The um, and I think you see this in the in the year, the Sabbath year and the in the year of Jubilee and, and things. What God keeps directing back to is not holding on to it too tightly. Remember who who gives this to you, because implied in that is not just at least a lessening of that kind of earning mentality, but also a you can have it again. <laughs> it's not it right. It's not this finite thing that is either you you taken from you or you know, or given from you. It's not, it's not moving from one spot to another. It's the infinite God is a creator. He created the world out of nothing. Yeah. Just because you lost your car doesn't mean there's not another one eventually potential or at least potentially down the road. So, mm -hmm. um, but what you, what you, you made me think about Tyreen is you said, um, what, what does it really mean to be wealthy? Yeah. And I think this is, uh, I personally, this is one of the things that I wrestled with and have wrestled with. Let, let me go back. I'll give you a little bit of background on myself because I think it, it, it informs my perspective. So mm -hmm. I grew up, I'd say relatively poor, not, I mean, I wasn't like dirt floor poor, but I was relatively poor. Um, when I got married, uh, I, I was still in school. My wife had just graduated. She's a public school teacher. I then graduated like a year and a half later, uh, became a public school teacher. And I mean, we, we had, we had nothing. And um, two 20 something year old young marrieds with uh, on public school salary, teacher salary. After a few years of that, I, I, I quit being a teacher and I got into the financial industry. And my first job in the financial industry out after I did about a year of not getting paid at all, I, I was essentially unemployed for a year. My first job in the unemployment, or sorry, in the unemployment industry, that's, that's, that's good. Um, I got paid $1,000 a month, uh, and this was in 2003. Okay, so I'm making nothing, no money. And then I um, worked myself up to, to around 2000. It was 12 or 13. By the time I got to 12 or 13, 
uh, I was making more money than I ever, I ever dreamed of making. Mm -hmm. Right. It, it came to a crashing halt at some point, but the, the, the struggle that I had was as a kid, my parents could always say, no, we can't afford. (laughs) And not that they liked it. I'm sure they hated having to say that. Um, but I was looking at my kids, uh, and I'm working with millionaires. I'm not a millionaire myself, but I'm working with millionaires. I have exponentially more money than I've ever had in my life. And I'm looking at my kids going, I, I know that I shouldn't say yes to them on things. I should not be saying yes, but I don't have a reason to say no. And I have a real struggle now because when I was making, you know, $30,000 a year as a public school teacher, I, I didn't have options on what I could afford for a house. And then I'm working as a, you know, as a, as a bond trader and, and a uh, financial advisor, and I have options. Well, now, now all money and spending is relative. Like, do I still live in a 900 square foot house is, or is that ridiculously limiting? And you go to a 1200 square foot house, or you go to an 1800 square foot house, or you go to a 3000 square foot house. Do you live in a poor neighborhood? Do you live in a rich neighborhood? Do you look like everything is relative. Everything becomes a choice. And, and I know that no matter how far down I go, I could go, Oh, do I, do I, should I be homeless? Should I live in a tent? Like at some point, someone's going to look at me and I, and I have to spend some of this money on myself and my kids. And it's completely uh, discretionary. And it, and I, and it wrecked me for a long time of trying to figure out like, how do you, how do you spend money on yourself? What is the line? Where do you cross the line between wealth and, and, and uh, poor when God blesses you with a hundred thousand dollars? how much of that are you supposed to keep? <laughs> right. And I, I, I never found any rules, put it, put it that way. I never found any rules in any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things I did find was an uncomfortable truth about wealth. And I guess that's what I, what I, where I, why I gave you that background is what, what does it mean to be wealthy? What is wealth? And so before we get into what do we do with our wealth, I think it's really important to have a perspective on what that is. So what would you guys say wealth is? Well, I'm going to (laughs) answer based on your story and some of my own family history, because my dad was an airplane mechanic for years and he was the sole breadwinner for many years. My mom had been a nurse and then she was a real estate agent, but only sold one house. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so we, we were not, but yet. I had friends who perceived us as wealthy because we lived in a really big house mm-hmm. on an acre of land. And what had happened there is for some reason, my parents sold their house in Seattle at just the right time to buy a house in Enumclaw for it. Like it was a, yeah. you know, and it was kind of a fixer upper and they thought they were going to have four kids. And they just had me. So like, <laughs> so there was some like, you know, some ups and downs there. And, uh, but there was a year that my dad lost his job because there was a strike and there was anyway, all sorts of things happened. And I was too ashamed to tell any of my friends that we were eating food from the food bank. Yeah. And so I, I think for me having all of those experiences and, and my dad got a job again, and we were always, we traveled a lot because he worked for the airlines and we could travel. It was, relatively inexpensive to do so and we got deals on hotels through all of that too but um again I but at the same time we all we had all used furniture and all used dishes and all used like (laughs) other it was like this bizarre like constant balancing act between what my parents were spending and not and I know that in my adult life I feel like my husband and I have done that too sometimes we felt like whoa we shouldn't have probably done that but we did and and it, it what what is okay to spend and i think what wealth really is is having the choice hmm. is being able to choose am i going to spend it on this or this yeah um because when you don't have wealth 
is when you're in a place where all you can afford is your shelter and your food. And maybe you're relying on other people for those things. And um, and you don't, you can't, you don't have discretionary spending, I guess, if you will. Yeah. Um, and so I, I feel like that, and then maybe that's a really narrow version of wealth, but that's what I would say it is, is having a choice um, or feeling like you have a choice. Yeah, that's good. I, I mean, I would, I, I think I agree with you. I really like that definition. I, it might not be exhaustive, you know, there are yeah. more aspects to it, but I really like that. Um, I mean, I personally, I also think of, I mean, what are the, you know, in, in a real basic sense, wealth is things of, you know, ownership of things of value or possession of things of value. I mean, choice is absolutely there, I, but my family, you know, I think one of the reasons that not having money didn't bother me is you know, I married a, a lovely woman. I've got kids. I've got, you know, parents and brother and sister. And like, I've got things of value in my life that I, that made me feel, I might've probably wouldn't have said wealthy, but, mm -hmm. but I felt like I had many possessions of value or many, uh, you know, things of value in my life. Mm -hmm. How about you, Hannah? What what's wealth to you? Um, well, I really liked Tyreen's description of it. Um, I feel like the word that came to my mind was relative. That like wealth is just relative mm -hmm. to every person. Um, I feel like this might be a little bit of a tangent, but it was just like in thinking about like wealth, like wealthy versus like not wealthy people. Um, something that I was just thinking about. Um. From my, I went to West Virginia for my cross-cultural nursing trip in school, and this we met this woman who, um, who's been like working with um, the people down there, and she's just an amazing woman. Uh, she's like single-handedly helping this um, the like poorest county in America. Um, but like her observation was that like people who grow up poor are more generous than people who grow up with money, which I just thought was a really interesting. Um, idea and so like I think like um like it's easy to focus on the wealthy people need to be giving more which may may be true but like it doesn't matter how much money you have we're all called to be giving and to like just be giving everything that we have um like the um the poor widow story who like put in like the two like copper coins or something like gave like all like everything she had to live on um, versus like the wealthy people who gave like a large amount but like it wasn't like everything they had to give and so um yeah it's just like such like a radical idea of giving that we're called to do as christians yeah, i love that i love that concept of generosity because that's what we i think is what this gets back to we, we talked about um not holding on so tightly i mean that that's what it is is generosity but it's not just it's not just going through life you know, uh, you know, driving my Land Rover and and out to my yacht and just saying, "Hey, I'm holding on loosely." <laughs> you know, there's a there's a giving aspect as yeah. well, and it, it it comes from being or recognizing a need or 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 uh, a way being aware of of needs. Mm -hmm. But the reason I I I um. I wanted to take a step on on like what is wealth, but if we say wealth is having a choice, which I think there there might be something to talk about with like uh, the correlation between wealth and power, because that's those are very close. Um, uh, it it is money, it is family, love, security. It's education. Too. Education. Then and, what and the does it? what does it look like to be generous with your wealth if your wealth is your time or your choice or your kids if we take money out of the equation not not that it doesn't apply to money it does but i think money is a lot more concrete i think giving what we have to god and it definitely becomes more than a tithe especially maybe not i, mean, I shouldn't say especially when money is taken out of the equation but i think I think more obviously when money's taken out of the equation, um, we I think it goes past that because I think when we give back to God, when we 
recognize that our family and our choice and our and all those things are from God, then it means that the words that we use um, hopefully are encouraging and giving to other people that the things that we do with our time that we take some time to pour back into other people and in our community and there can be so many different ways to do that so i mean we can say i'm going to volunteer so many hours a week at the shelter or you can say i'm i'm gonna you know i'm gonna babysit my neighbor's kids or yeah i mean we don't you can't always see everything that goes on that people do um but like it's it kind of comes out of all of that it's it's choosing to take that time to spend with someone that needs someone to be there for them um praying for other people i don't know there's just so many like words and actions that can be done that aren't that that yeah that money can come into it but it's it's not always that, that thing it's hard to give a family though. That's the hardest thing other than sharing family time or saying, and this is the hardest thing for me. <laughs> it's it's both you probably know because I homeschooled my kids. So I had a really hard time letting them go, but letting them go out into the world and be a blessing to other people in a way that that I don't have any say over. And they're both adults now anyway. So, you know, they <laughs> they they get to go do things and hopefully bless people on their own why is it hard to give your kids mm. i think for a long time i thought that um they were these precious gifts that god had given me and i had to protect them and i was ultimately really responsible for them and i still feel that to some extent <laughs> like i don't know if i'll ever completely not feel that to some extent but being able to say, okay, if one of my daughters wants to do a job that I don't really love, that's okay because she's doing it because she feels called to do that. If one of my daughters wants to travel to different countries and I worry a little bit, you know what? I need to give that worry to God and trust that she's safe because God's going to take care of her. So I guess that's, yeah. It's that part. Yeah, no, I, I listen. I understand totally. I totally get it. It's, it's the hardest thing because I can, I can, I can rationalize um, that that, and I won't, even, I won't just say children, um, because not everybody has kids. Everybody has a parent. Everybody has a loved one of some kind. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess most people. There's probably someone that doesn't, but. Um, but ironically, in the things like that, like family, that we know more than anything else we have not earned, mm -hmm. we hold on tighter to than the wealth we think we have. Mm -hmm. Like, is it easier to give a thousand dollars to something to someone or to? give my daughter to the service of the lord mm -hmm. way easier to give a thousand dollars yeah way sorry sorry you know what? Under my, that my daughter can just stay home that would be okay <laughs> or my if, or if my my dad who's 80 now so it's a, it's not um it's not as relevant but if my dad all of a sudden decided he wanted to go you know to guatemala and live down there away from me when I was, you know, 16. Would I be okay with that? Mm. No. No, I wouldn't be okay with that at all. Because yeah. he's mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I have a question. Yeah. Um, if in thinking about like how much to give, um, like if we're giving like like, should we be giving until it hurts? Or like, if it doesn't hurt, are we not giving enough? Or like, like how should it like, I don't know. I, I think it's a good question. I, um, I, I'll tell you my, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's an, an answer. I'll tell you a couple of my thoughts on this. The one, if giving hurts, 
it's the it's it's almost the opposite. You don't give till it hurts, you give till it doesn't. If it hurts to give, you're holding on. And I think more, I think more than anything else, that's what's behind these these verses is uh, is is what where's your security? You know, it, do you believe that God provides? Do you believe that, you know, uh, that, that you'll be okay without whatever you have now? Mm-hmm. Does your, does your security come from the Lord? And if it does, then there's no risk in giving. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like that's really in, kind of in Malachi, it's throughout all these verses, but it talks about in Malachi, that verse, uh, chapter three, verse 10, uh, giving God the full tithe, um, mm. putting God to the test with our needs. And I think I paraphrased here, and I was writing stuff down, and he will pour down blessing. And then there's this other part in, it was Luke 6, uh, verse 38, um, right, right. give and it will be given to you. Um, and Oh my goodness, I can't even read my whole handwriting. Uh pressed down, shaken together, running over um into your lap. So I feel like if if we trust God, giving's not gonna hurt. Yeah. And, um but I I do uh, at the same time, I, I knew a family that they were very determined to give 70% of their income right. back to God, which was huge. And um, one of their kids had medical problems and they weren't able to get her the medical help she needed and give to that point. And they chose to give. (laughs) And yes, there were provisions that ended up being made for her, but I, as a kid, I didn't understand it. I was, I knew her when I was young. So it was really hard to see her go through such hardship and I really don't know if they poured more money on it, if it would have made any difference, because sometimes things that just doesn't. But it was really, it was shocking to me as a teenager to realize her parents are giving 70% to God. <laughs> and and they were not wealthy. They were that they were not uh, the top half percent. Um, but they they felt really strongly about it. So yeah. I, I think that God does want us to give as much as we can, right? As each of us is able, but it, it's hard to know what, I, I think individually we have to work that out with God, what that looks like. And so there's, um, I'll, I'll tell a, a quick story that I don't really share very often because I know it's controversial, um, but I, uh, I've, I've tithing for the most part in my life has not been, a challenge for me. Um, I think my parents just kind of raised me as an, uh, that it was an expectation. So, you know, whatever, whatever the reason being, mm-hmm. um, most people that I've known of, you know, that that's a, that's a challenge. So it's not, I, I kind of just chalk it up to like, huh, I kind of <laughs> hit the, I hit the tithing lottery. Like it doesn't bother me. <laughs> um, and about, uh, shoot, I don't know, four, five, six years ago, somewhere in there. Um, business blew up. I was, you know, we were really struggling for money for a couple of years there. Um, and, you know, I was still tithing faithfully. Uh, and e- even probably a little bit to excess because that's just the habit I had gotten into. But it was it was a struggle every, every time I got money to write that check. And there is, there was, um, I'll just say there's, there's some bitterness involved in that. And there at the same time, kind of some pride. Uh, and I can say this kind of in retrospect now, but there's some pride and like, yeah, but I'm still doing it. Look what a great person I am. Um, and I distinctly got prompted by God to stop tithing. And, and I'm like, and it took me probably a couple of months to, to do it because it was so, it was so odd. And I knew I have to, I'd have to go to my wife and say, Hey, God doesn't want me to tithe. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not having this conversation. I'm not, I'm not, 
God, you're nuts. Like, just take away all my money if you don't want to tie it, you know? <laughs> and what it, and I didn't tie for probably a year to anywhere uh, once I started doing that. And I, there was a real heart work that God did on me there. Cause at some point I had crossed the line from tithing obediently and giving obediently. It was just tithing, but it was giving obediently and joyfully to giving dutifully and pridefully. Here's what I, here's, here's what I heard God say to her, you know, strongly to me. I don't need your money, Joel. <laughs> it's mine. Like, I don't need it. You're not paying for anything. You give for how you bless others and you give for how it blesses you. And to keep your heart in the right spot. And that's why I don't think there's a magic number on it. I don't think there's a, I think, I think 10% is, is frankly, I think it's kind of a rule that God's like, eh, just give 10. How about 10? Try <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 10, that would work. You know, it's like, does that hurt a little bit? Okay, why don't you do that one then? You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bankrupt you. Um, anyway. Funny thing about that is I had a friend um, years ago who asked me, well, if it's not just money, like, how do you give 10% of your time? And we actually did like a math mental equation. And we're like, well, 24 hours, you know, or more do you count? Like you count 24 hours, you count like just how many hours you're awake. And I, <laughs> we yeah. came down to like, so it'd be really best to volunteer at least eight hours a week. <laughs> like, <laughs> Uh, and for a while I tried to do that, but yeah, it, it can definitely pour into that prideful thing when, when I think the number, sometimes that having a, like, I got to hit this percentage <laughs> is, is not a, not a good thing. It's funny how fast we can make a, an idol out of everything. Yeah. Like we can <laughs> make, like we are, like we are the idol makers. Like I can, I can make an idol out of praying. I can make an idol out of anything. Mm -hmm. you know. All right. Last thing before we wrap it up. Um, maybe two things. You guys tell me what you guys want to talk about. Uh, one is that the idea of giving to others, not just giving to, uh, to God, mm -hmm. implies that the others don't have. So when wealthy give to poor, Right, we've got an, an an imbalance. So, and again, these this is really easy with money because money is a is a is a number system. I can always I can do an equation. That goes, oh, you have two, I have ten. I give you two, you have four, I have eight. Ooh, look at that! That looked that worked really nice. You have to you have to identify um, a lack in some someone else in something that you have that you can fill that lack. So one, one topic is with things like choice or time, how do you give that? Um, and then the other piece of this, which is way more specific to Amos, and I feel a little bit bad that we haven't talked about it yet, is the oppression piece. Mm. All right, we've talked a lot about wealth and giving, which is important. But what, what Amos is really talking about is oppression. It is, it is the use. It's not just the holding on to what the wealth you have, the power, the choice, the time, but it's the using of that power and wealth and time in order to manipulate those that do not have those things that is being called out in Amos. Right? It's the abuse of power. It's the it's the abuse of wealth, and it's specifically of abusing or taking advantage of those who cannot do anything about it. I think that's a really tough question. <laughs> like, I'm just going to start there. I think it's a really tough question because honestly, I think, um, and this is actually coming from a secular source. 
so it's not not necessarily the best place to go. But I read a book years ago, like three cups of tea or something like that. I I can't remember the exact title, but uh, the author of it had visited again. I now I'm not going to remember the name of the country. He visited somewhere and he was offered three cups of tea, and it was in this, in his mind, perceived far less wealthy household than his own and the people offered him the first cup of tea and that was because he was a guest and then the second cup of tea was because um it's like an offer of friendship and the third cup of tea meant you were like part of the community mm. um which is an interesting like it was a, a cultural tradition and um he felt so guilty accepting the tea because he was there to give, right? He was there mm -hmm. to give the, you know, wealth to, and they were feeding him and giving him tea out of their very meager stores. But he realized that it would be extremely offensive and hurtful to them if he didn't accept the tea. <laughs> and so I think when I hear you talk about the equation and, um, I think that's a trap that's really easy to fall into. Um, what are we saying when we we need to give to someone else? And and I'm not trying to take away from what Amos is saying here about oppression and injustice because it is unjust when we allow people to starve to death, you know. And and it that's that is pure injustice. Um, but at the same time, how do we give to God and to our communities, you know, give to God through our communities in a way that still gives people, the, the people that we're giving to, um, to have ownership and to, I'm not, I don't know, pride is the right word, but to have, uh, a sense of equality so you're not creating an, an unequal balance by giving that and that's a I, I, and i'm not saying we shouldn't give we should definitely give so that in, way an equal balance of what that's why i, I make I sure know, i hear your power choice i one of the things i really love about from my understanding i've been to the new food bank but from my understanding of the new food bank is that people come in there and they can shop along the aisles for what they want, mm -hmm. what they need, instead of just being handed a group of things that maybe they don't want. Um, I, I, I think that it's helpful for the person receiving the gift to feel like they have a choice of what they're getting. I don't, I don't know if that makes any sense. I think all. so. I think it makes a lot of sense, yeah. And, and frankly, I think you just did dovetail into oppression is god does not love a, an oppressive giver <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean because you like i said we can make an idol out of anything like we're we're so good at this we're so good at like turning a good thing into a bad thing I and mean, god turns bad things into good things right you know mm -hmm. every good perfect gift comes from the lord you know for um god works all things together for the good of those you're called to his name I mean, and, and to his purpose god works good things out of bad things we do the exact opposite we take eden and and and, and turn it to sin we take the church and turn it into a an instrument of power and religion not to, you know we we that's what we do we do it with giving we do it with prayer we do it with everything and i think it's i think that's a really really important point Tyreen, that, that being aware being aware of the receiver of gifts you know receiver of and it's not even a gift it's just sharing yeah yes i think we need to turn it into sharing and not not giving yeah I don't, I don't because know. when i give a gift i want credit for it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean otherwise shoot i just like leave it on the doorstep but i'm like i'm no you're gonna you're gonna open that in front of me and now you're and you're going to smile and you're gonna <laughs> act way happier than you might feel inside so because this is about me <laughs> yeah 
Okay. To an extent, it's kind of okay to like, this is going to sound wrong, but like give selfishly in the sense that like God does promise to bless us and like we'll store up treasures in heaven. And it's okay to store up treasures in heaven. Like we just yeah. need to like be like wanting the right kinds of blessings, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is, I, I Hannah, I don't know how to get there. <laughs> I, you're 100% right. I mean, it is. How do you loosen that grasp? Because mm -hmm. immediately, immediately my prayers of thanksgiving turn into requests and hopes for something back to me. Immediately my tithe turns into expectation of blessing. Immediately my acts of good deeds look for individual praise. Like it, it, I, I turn it right back to me over and over. And that's probably why, um, I can't remember if it was in these readings or not, but that uh, talks about anonymous giving in, in scripture. You know, don't, it, I, it was this week. I'm trying to remember which one it was, but um, wow. I don't think I've ever done that. I, mean, I might've, I, I probably shouldn't say that. I probably have done it. it it's a, isn't it? It's an exception for sure. Giving anonymously. So the thing about being married is sometimes John and I give without telling the other one. So we're kind of, <laughs> we're not really <laughs> the left hand's giving and the right hand's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Until you reconcile the end of the month and you're like, wait, we both gave to the same people. <laughs> All right. Uh, then if, if you're all right with it, I'll just close in prayer. And uh, I really appreciate you guys uh, joining it, uh, joining us today. And um, in a deceptively difficult topic. <laughs> all right. Dear Lord God, thank you so much. Thanks for, um, thanks for processing that with us, God. Thank you for your Holy Spirit and his guidance. And thank you for blessing us with enormous wealth, the wealth of choice, of free will, the wealth of love and forgiveness. And yes, money too, Lord. Thank you for uh, the resources that you have given each of us and help us, Lord, to be aware and mindful of where you'd like those resources used and spent and invested. All glory to you, God, and not to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks, guys.